0: If a giant kaiju walked down Market Street in San Francisco mm-hmm. and then the following morning reappeared and walked down Market Street again,
1: you know. I'd probably drive a school bus across Golden <laughs> yeah, Gate Bridge and Gold- just park <laughs> it there for a while. That's, how, I, that's what I would yeah, do.
0: I'm just saying that, like, there becomes a point, you know, you know reappear once, shame, shame on, on me. me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> reappear twice, don't
0: shoot the shooter. Yeah. <laughs> reappear twice. Shame on Kaiju <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just I just mean like you just i just don't go anywhere near Market street, right yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 451 with a review of Colossal. I'm Christopher Schnasey.
2: I'm Carson Patrick.
0: And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, I've been having trouble coming up with a good opening question for this episode that relates to this film, Colossal. So I am just going to ask out of left field question. Have either of you guys played the game Shadow of the,
1: Shadow of the Colossus? I kind of <laughs> knew this might come up in, in this recording. Uh, I was trying to squeeze in a Shadow of Colossus reference <laughs> too. Uh, yeah, one of the best video games ever. Uh, yes! Haunting, hauntingly beautiful video game.
2: Oh, totes. <laughs> I'm guessing I, that makes Carson, Carson you have played it. not. I have literally, I cannot weigh on in on this at all it'd be like if i attended a fuse board meeting i would be useless um (laughs) technology i don't know guys i can uh sing you the lyrics to playing with the boys though by uh (laughs) kenny loggins um i I will say that the monster
1: in this movie could be a boss in shadow of the colossus he seems to be like tactile enough and has grip points where you could climb up and yeah, climb up though, and though, fight him.
0: though they were more like building esque, right? They were like creatures yeah. that were built out of like stone and like weird things. Like, they're mm-hmm. like maybe organic, but also sort of just magical in creation. Yeah. It was great. I still haven't played The Last Guardian, by the way. Neither have like, I. Team Ico had, had, had been working on that game for freaking forever. And then finally it came
1: <sighs> out last
0: totally. year? whatever it was. And
1: I just never bought it. <laughs> All right, like, so I'm, I'm going to go around the horn and ask how people feel about Anne Hathaway, because that's also going to inform <laughs> you know, probably more you than you... Shout of the Colossus. It's going to inform how you feel about this movie. I'll go first. I think Anne Hathaway gets a lot of hate, but I quite like her as an actress. I think she's like a fairly charming character and she's good at playing flawed people. And she steered way into the skid of knowing that she was like a cutesy star early. And I like her. It's not her fault that she's pretentious. Look, I'm pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all, she,
2: Anne Hathaway gets me. Oh, totally. Uh, Carson. You are so connected. You're like a kaiju and a drunk woman. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one am I in this scenario? <laughs> Clearly, she's I, the kaiju in the relationship.
1: <laughs> you decide. I don't know. Um, so, so how do you feel about Anne Hathaway?
2: I, well, you know, I'm always rooting for Anne Hathaway. Like, I, I can't say I'm... Uh, th- I mean... I, I feel like everyone was a fan of Anne Hathaway after the Princess Diaries. Like, I if you if, even if you weren't, you're lying. Like, fuck you. Um, Princess <laughs> Diaries was great. It's probably gonna get lost, like with everything else, because it came out in the aughts. <laughs> so, so, I didn't. I never watched Princess Diaries.
1: Shame. Um, oh, so lame.
0: I, I remember seeing scenes of it. Like, I think the opening to it on TV because yeah. I feel like it was on TV. But I just never.
1: You haven't lived if you haven't seen Julie Andrews get in a pillow fight with a bunch of Uh, girls.
2: Was that the second one, though? Go on. The second one has has a very young, unknown Chris Pine as the love interest. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, And now I know. Now we know. But I will say that... Like I said, I, I'm always rooting for Anne Hathaway. Like, I think she's good in certain roles, but there are also certain roles where I just do not like her. Um And I feel like she just doesn't fit. And that's just, that's not her fault. I just think that that's a personal thing, or I just don't think she fits. A catwoman. Um, <laughs> a catwoman? I actually liked her as a catwoman. Um, no, seriously, I, I thought she was actually good in that. Um... But, um, the other thing I was going to mention that I just thought of right as we started recording was that last week I jokingly said, uh, that the wig that Charlize Theron wore in Fate of the Furious was a lot better than Anne Hathaway's wig in this movie. Uh, (laughs) and, and Chris like was about to hit the dump button like, whoa, guys, (laughs) it's not out here yet. And I was like, well, I didn't spoil anything. I think it's very self-evident in the trailer that, uh, that was, uh, that, that, that that's that, it, that it's just a silly wig. You mean she um, doesn't
1: actually have charmingly frizzy hair like that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um In that case I hate her now. She's supposed
1: to be like <laughs> Rachel McAdams in about time.
2: Oh yeah, totally. Um but anyway, uh did, that did was Did you just, guys not notice the hair in that movie? Uh
1: it's just me. Just, I know, I know <laughs> just you.
2: I yeah, once you said it I remembered now
0: the yeah. yeah. I'll have to yeah. hop inside the wardrobe and close my eyes and clench my fists and pop out. Look, what you do
1: after the podcast is <laughs> just between you and your maker. That's what I did after Colossal. Oh. Um, so going back to the question. You really <laughs> got to clean that wardrobe.
0: <laughs> I was going to say going back to the question at hand, but that still doesn't come off right after that sentence. The, the but, lion, uh, the
2: dick, and the wardrobe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah. <laughs> clutch Carson, those pearls. Carson, hashtag clutch pearls. Carson,
0: can we get through a single episode? I feel like you do like do it on purpose. You just can't
2: I can't I, help it. It's like Tourette's or something. <laughs> don't, like like Tourette's. Don't send in your letters, please. Alright, we can pivot from this. It's all convert to Kai I'm, Judaism.
0: I'm, I'm I'm not done yet. I am a huge fan of Anne Hathaway. Um I like her fairly a lot. Um and that may or may not play into my thoughts on this film. So say we go. Having said that, should we get into the review?: Yep. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer to Colossal and then come back and give you guys a review.: You don't remember anything last night, huh?:
1: I got really melodramatic, didn't I? You told me that you weren't really on a vacation. You've been looking for a job for a year, and your boyfriend didn't work out. You are out of control. What? I've packed two things, they're in the bedroom.
2: What?
0: And since you didn't have any money, you decided to move back here. Is there anything else? I don't you remember anything?
1: The unprecedented nature of this Look at that tingle. You
0: know you're watching something
1: that's going to change the course of history. You alright?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's this nervous tick I have. I get this itch. Oh my god.
1: Thing appeared. Same place. Exact same time. But it just made a bunch of weird hand gestures.
0: Something. It's dancing.
2: Is dancing like
0: <laughs> holy shit? Oh,
2: just... what, was that? what was that?
0: A helicopter.
2: And with the, literally
0: the pilot and everything. feel so terrible.
1: Give him a good show. To
0: keep it cool. Oh my god, this people. Are She's the monster. All right, so that was the trailer for Colossal. It is the story of uh, a character played by Anne Hathaway who likes to party, maybe, excessively. And sometimes when she gets trashed, a giant kaiju attacks Korea. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) That is the basic premise. Uh, She gets trashed, city gets trashed. (laughs) What's going on?
2: Um, Like all basic premises. (laughs)
0: Uh, But yeah, Stephen Miller, why don't you start us off and let us know whether you think Colossal was a Colossal success or a Colossal failure?
1: Mm, I think it was not colossally much of anything. It was a... uh, what surprised me about this movie, for the most part, this this is a movie that I think, unlike Free Fire, what we just reviewed, this is a movie where the trailer tells you pretty much exactly how it's going to feel to watch the movie. It it nailed this kind of very interesting, quirky tone where the stakes of the film are, objectively speaking, very large, but the emotions of the film are played much more like a small kind of... Slapstick isn't the right word, but it's like, it, it's definitely played for laughs. It's supposed to be a kind of like a funny little movie. It's a silly movie, I think is a good way I would describe it. Um, For the most part, it definitely followed those beats, but I was, uh, I was surprised by how far the film goes not toward the ramifications of Anne Hathaway's discovered powers, but towards the kind of like relationships and human drama at the heart of the story. Like this movie, without giving anything away, hopefully, the third act is like 90% humans interacting with each other rather than what am i going to do now that i realize i'm controlling a monster in korea yeah um and that that left the movie in a weird place for me because i i loved the premise of this movie this was a movie where the trailer just made me want to jump him in my seat and say yes make more movies like this make more just ridiculous movies where you think how the hell did this ever get funded and get created this is just such a bizarre idea for a film
0: just 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 to to, to jump in real fast i remember we had already seen this trailer a few times at the alamo drink house but there was one time in particular where you Had like met somebody from an organization and had drinks before coming to the theater. Mm -hmm. And when you arrived at the theater, you were already feeling like a little bit saucy. Yeah. And this trailer played, and you leaned into me like way too
1: close, and was like, "This looks great." (laughs) I just remember like because like I thought that was a special moment between the two of us. (laughs) No, it was just funny. What a romantic moment!
0: For whatever reason, you just like were so excited, like more than any other time.
2: You were just like. This movie's on my level, man. This is pretty great. <laughs> anyway. Now order me some roasted cauliflower. And anyway, so
1: all, all that to say, like this movie mostly matched the tone I was expecting, but plot-wise, it veered in directions I was not anticipating. Um, I think this was, in general, a, a, a pretty good movie. It the the elevator pitch alone made it very worthwhile to watch. I just feel like the the way it chose to go with the plot, it, it didn't squander the premise, but it, it devoted too much time to things that I feel like, without going all schnazy, in the reality of this world, would not even like, register as important to be talking about. <laughs> um, and that kind of made it a mixed movie where I didn't know if I should take it as a comedy because it's making light of things that are not very light, or take it as a more kind of serious emotional movie, which is kind of where it veers toward the end in terms of the, the relationships that various people have in it. Um, so yeah, it, it it was fun. I I like the movie. I would recommend people check it out. Like I'm more on board than I'm not on board, but I just feel like they they veered they veered in a direction that was like maybe the least possible interesting way they could have followed the story. <laughs> so I I think they fumbled the third act, but otherwise I liked the movie quite a bit. And I think Anne Hathaway is totally charming in it. She she does great as playing this lost soul who is like just screwing things up and generally trying to do a good job, but also is mostly out of her element. She, she plays drunk pretty well. (laughs) That's my review. She plays drunk pretty well. Uh,
0: Carson Patrick, uh, do you think Anna Hathaway gives good drunk or do you think the film was not that successful?
2: Uh, I think she gives good drunk in, uh, Rachel getting married. Um, you know, not to, to throw it back to, before this pod, uh, before this recording but i actually uh i i, I like that movie a lot and i think she that's one of i think her best uh performances this one uh wasn't so hot on uh, i didn't i didn't hate the movie i was actually i really i was really excited to to see it because uh nacho Vigalondo, the director writer director um which chris totally seemed to forget when we were trying to come up with a question uh also did time crimes um <laughs> Um, but uh, but i mean i i think time Crimes is is an amazing film and uh i i really dug uh, open windows the one he did with elijah wood um and so i was i was excited cuz he's kind of like a little bit of a bigger scope with this movie and and um but yeah like i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't tell someone not to see it like if someone asked me if they should see it i would i would say definitely see it because it is um it is different from you know the majority of movies that that you know we're used to seeing. But I think that I mean ultimately it came down to a personal thing, which was like one I I, I don't for as for as weird as the concept is, I don't think the movie is as weird as it is. Like I feel like the movie is very is pretty mainstream. For the for as weird as like the concept of this movie is, I don't think the movie like was weird enough. Like I, I feel like it was pretty mainstream, um, which it, it, I don't know. Like I just I guess when you're when you're thinking about it, and describing it, it it seems like it would be more of like a, like a Rachel getting married or like a, something like really just out there like uh like enemy or something like just off the top of my head not saying that those are are related in any ways because they're not but like something like really kind of strange like that but um like steven was talking about the trailer for this movie this is definitely an example of a movie that is way undersold like i think that and again like they had to do it they had to market it the way that they did obviously to get get butts and seats but, I mean, like, this movie is dealing with a lot of heavy themes, and it is not the, like, wacky, offbeat, charming rom-com that it kind of presents itself in the trailer. Um, and I think, you know, because by the time, like, the last... I think, you know, by the end... I mean, the, the movie is dealing with a lot of different tones, and I think tonally it it, it kind of flounders. Like, I think that uh, Nacho can pull off. I think he he is kind of like he is like a Ben Wheatley where he can meld like a lot of different genres together. I just don't think that this one fully came together as well as it could have for me. And then the the second big thing, which is I like I, I know you guys are probably gonna think I'm joking, but I really just did not like Anne Hathaway's wig in this movie. Like it is it is sillier than a goddamn Juicero Thank you <laughs> um but um, no. okay, yeah. but it, I mean it it really is like distractingly bad, and even from when I saw the trailer, I was like, that's the wig that they chose, like it's just so weird that it that like I mean, obviously, I guess they had a vision of like how they wanted her hair to look, and maybe she had like short hair at the time and could didn't have time to grow it out. I don't know the situation, but I don't know. It just seems like it just seems like they could have... Couldn't they have just integrated it a little better than just, like, so here's Anne Hathaway? <laughs> exactly. Like, couldn't they do that instead of just her just putting it on and just... I don't know. Like, to me, like, that really distracted from the performance. And also, like, I think that... I don't think this is an example of a role... Or I think this is an example of a role where Anne Hathaway didn't fit like i think that she worked in rachel getting married she totally pulled that off but here it's weird like because she's she's basically playing like a a really unlikable character which you know me i'm always down to support um but i don't know like i don't think she pulls it off as well as someone like charlize theron did in young adult which i know is that movie that you guys didn't really like at all but, but it's very clearly an influence here too. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like young adult is definitely a comp for this movie. Um, but I, and I feel like th- that movie is a better example um, of just like a movie dealing with a woman who, or not even a woman, just a character who is, has a lot of shit going on and is clearly just a a, a despicable person. But you still kind of root for her at the end, you know, like at, at least what I did or how I responded to young adult, like you're, you're like, you love to hate her and hate to love her. It's just like a fascinating, very flawed character. Well, well and one I,
1: thing is for better or worse, this movie seems like very quickly, it did not want her to be despicable. It wanted her to be relatable and empathetic. Yeah. And even without giving too much away, gave you a much worse figure to bounce her off of as, like, the better of multiple alternatives. So that might be one reason you might say it was, like, a more mainstream choice or a more, like, fangless choice. But this... I did not feel like this movie wanted you to hate her more than, like, 20 minutes, and then you're like, oh, no, she's trying. She's trying to do the right thing for the
2: most part. And I think I would just rather have... have, I would have liked it more if she just had been totally... If they had gone full-on totally hateable, like, character where you're just, like... She's practically you know irredeemable and you know but but she still has the the charisma and the the likability somewhere in there that comes to the surface and you're like you you're you're fascinated by her and you and you want to follow this character and I just don't think the the that, that that this movie uh succeeds in the way that something like young adult did uh but I will say the biggest plus of this movie is. The kaiju effects look on point, and I mean, the the reported budget of this movie is fifteen million. F- way better than Kong Skull Island. Like, holy <laughs> shit, guys! Like, not even kidding. Like, the kaiju effects in this movie are really great. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you better than Pacific
0: Rim, but it's oh. it's it's completely different effects than Kong Skull Island.
2: But it's still CG. I mean, they, it's it, way it, it's better. Hard
1: to, it's hard to talk about this without giving plot points away. I, the kaiju effects are very good. Emphasis <laughs>
2: yeah, on kaiju. Uh, other uh, ones, not so much. I mean, I think there is obviously a rough, like, uh, low-budget uh, flavor to it, and I. but I feel like that's... I don't know, I like that. Like, I, I like that. That, I think, is appealing, at least to me, because a lot of these uh, monster effects that we get in these huge blockbuster budgeted movies is like they're just too pristine and like flawless and it's like really like I want that kind of uglification of it um where it doesn't look just pristine and super fancy where it kind of, cuz that kind of feels that kind of feels more in line with like a more practical nature um you know it has more of a tactile feeling that way and it, it feels more real in the movie
1: well, and I think uh, the fact
2: that this felt more like one
1: of those old-school Godzilla-type movies definitely helped with the tone that it was trying to hit. Because if it were this pristine, perfect CG, like, Marvel-type creature, it tonally it would have been, like, a very strange beast to try to wrangle together. Because yeah. you have to be looking at, like, a, a story of a person in a small town and a monster destroying a city and care about both of them. And if, like, they were too the imbalance from each other that would have been uh like even more of a balancing act than they already
2: had to had to pull here so i mean anyway i i just am kind of lukewarm on the movie but i really did enjoy the uh the the kaiju effects and the look of it because i think it does have a memorable look which is missing from a lot of of monster movies of late so there you go
0: yes um Let's see. I have been unusually silent um, for the last several minutes um, just thinking about the film. And I feel like maybe we need to spoil their segment at the end of this just to talk about things expressly. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I I, I was extremely excited to see this film. And I kind of, um, you know, combining a bunch of films that we've already been mentioning, like I did really what I was expecting from this film is that it would have the flavor of Of A musical in that like in a musical when the shit gets real or something happens everybody breaks in the dance and that's that's like sort of the 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 transition of the events actually become the musical itself in between different moments and I really kind of was expecting that this would be like a Rachel getting married but in all the big moments of drama that drama gets manifested as this kaiju attacking a city and that there would be this like perfect one-to-one relationship between this character who is sort of out of control and having a bunch of issues. Right.
1: The monster is a metaphor for like yeah, screwing yeah, up. Yeah.
0: And that this, this would be a story, a, a, a story about her learning to control the monster and, you know, <laughs> learn to stop destroying the city, right? Like the city is her and she's just being self-destructed and, and, I kind of like, expected that was the whole story, and I was, I was on board for that. Um, what we kind of get in the third act of this film is very, very much different than that. Um, I it's hard to talk about without going into spoilers, but let's just say like several weeks ago, we watched a film where a vegetarian became a cannibal. And this movie disturbed me way more than that movie did. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I half jokingly earlier discussed that like my affection for Anne Hathaway may have colored maybe my my reading of this film. But I'm
1: so protective of her. <laughs>
0: no, no, yeah, like there, there there is an aspect to. I don't. If I okay, so years ago we reviewed a film. I believe it was called The Gift. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also a disturbing film where there's a character who is doing things that are disturbing to other characters and when you go in and you watch a suspense film and it 's going to deal with disturbing imagery uh plot lines and a narrative, you are sort of primed in a way to experience the film in that way and you, and you're you 're rooting for your characters, but you're you're ready to be kind of like turned off by what a character might do to the characters that you're supposed to be rooting for. And I think that due to the nature of the tone of this film and how it plays and wants to be laughing, something about the turn this film takes really upset me in a way. And I don't know, like, I don't know if it's like an old man in me, if it's like, Just my relationship to to the actress, not real life relationship, but I mean like my having seen films where she's playing a very certain type of character and then seeing the way everything plays out in this film. It just unsettled me in a really strange way. And like to, to say the good things about this film, like I one of the things that I was concerned about going going into the film was. How does she learn she's controlling the creature and how does that manifest itself? And I think this film fucking nails it. Like, the way she puts together the pieces about, like, how it's not just like a per, like, you know, in the trailer, you see Anne Hathaway dancing and everybody's watching the monitor and, like, the monster thing's dancing too. And, like, that's clearly long after she's discovered how this works. And, uh, you know, the trailer's edited together to sh- sort of shorthand that transformation. Um, but I think the way she pieces it together watching replays of, of the creature. Like I just love the way that was handled, you know, the explanation for how everything's working, whatever. Like this movie was not concerned with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's things that I really, really liked. Like I was super on board with this film in the beginning of it and just something <laughs> deeply turned me off to the film towards the end of the film. And I don't really know how to deal with that.
1: I, I feel like we should maybe cut this short and go into spoilers cause it, it would be interesting because I had a very different reaction to the end, though the end also is what colored my opinion of it the most.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 fine with that because I I
1: I just think it's gonna be hard to talk about without naming names and saying what happened.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um. So, are are you cool with that, uh, Carson? Are you cool with just jumping into spoilers?
2: Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. So,
0: <laughs> so uh, before we do that, let's do the normal verdict for people who aren't going to stick through spoilers. Uh, Steven, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: Um, I'm giving it a recommend with a caveat, a stronger recommend with a caveat than I gave Free Fire. <laughs> um, just because I, even though in execution I do not think this is like, as close to a perfect movie, I do think the the premise of the film it's just great. Like I lo- I loved thinking about it leading up to the movie. I enjoyed watching it and it it's just one of those like wildly original concepts that I'm I'm so glad we live in a world where this actually got made and put in theaters and people can watch it. Um even if like Carson said it does go more mainstream like it doesn't veer into the weird the way that maybe it could have. Um so yeah, in in general I'm totally happy with it. I think people are going to enjoy watching it. Probably a lot of them like Chris and I are going to feel Puzzled about the choices They made in where to take the film In the darkness that Carson mentioned Um but still I think It does good on its promise and like the first half Of the movie is exactly what I was looking for
0: Uh Carson Patrick
2: Um yeah I mean I'll just say again that you know I I would I would not Not recommend the movie to someone (laughs) If they told me Should I see it um So yeah, because, I mean, I think it is worth seeing. Uh, it just comes down to a, a personal thing, a personal taste. Um, and and I, I did like seeing, uh, you know, Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis kind of playing atypical roles. Um, so that I, I did like that aspect because I like when any time you see, like, a comedic actor or just an actor you're not used to seeing in, you know, like, weird offbeat movies. Um, so I'm going to give it a wait for rental... And, um, yeah, and if, uh, but must avoid, though, for those shorts in the beginning of the movie, thumbs, <laughs> thumbs way down, man. That was not funny at all. You didn't Sorry. think it was
1: innovative noticing that we're on our cell phones all I, the time? It's, it's, I mean, like, God, we haven't A true visionary before. to recognize the, that in our not, life. not to spoil
0: the shorts, but I think, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Stephen and I liked the, the one that involved airplay.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the
1: AirPlay one I thought was funny,
2: but I mean, it was like so on the nose. And, like... It was on
0: the nose, but I mean, it would just it would. Stephen literally out loud said, "Oh my god!"
1: <laughs> uh, no, so I ne- I never saw uh, Men, Women, and Children, but like the thing people hated about that movie is what I imagine one should hate about most of these shorts, which is a yeah. person like making the least interesting statement ever. But the Airplane short number four or five AirPlay. That was good. Yeah. That that did make me audibly squirm. <laughs> you uh
2: you hit the nail on the head with the the men, women, and children comp for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I am gonna give a patented abstain <laughs> <laughs> for the for this uh, oh. for, the, for this verdict. Um, the, the, the good old Schneizi abstain. Um.
2: Wait, so are you abstaining from reviewing it until or, – or rating it until after spoilers or just in general? We'll see. It, oh,
0: okay. It, 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 it may be a defer, but for right now it's an abstain. Taking a vow of abstinence? <laughs> um, not until soul has been repaired.
2: I'm going, so, I'm going sober, guys. He's talking
1: about his soul, by the way, which yeah. is crushed watching this movie. Um, it really
0: sort of was. But uh, anyways, <clears throat> so – that is our verdict for the film right now music is playing it is going to fade up and when the music goes away we are going to be in full-blown spoilers for colossal so if you haven't seen the film please you have been warned We are back. This is Spoiler Territory. It's the, you know, after part of our review of Colossal, where we're going to be talking about uh, full-blown spoilers um, for uh, for this film. And, uh, you know, we, we we cut the review short and jumped right into spoilers just so we can talk, um, because there's a lot of things that happen at the end of this film, and uh, now we're going to deal with those things. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so hmm. the ba-
1: the basic quote twist of the movie though they definitely leave breadcrumbs early on in the character of Jason Sudeikis is that he is a possessive person who is trying to manipulate or control Anne Hathaway and by like after the first half of the movie he is veering full-blown into just being like a raging asshole
0: To, to quote Dave Chen on slash film Who's the real colossal yeah. is the point of this film. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: good one.
1: And and, and so I am intrigued by the fact that Chris was like actually disturbed or hurt by this. Because my feeling with the twist of his character was this is not a realistic way that his character would behave. This is like a comic book villain being brought to life. This is a guy who veered from... Small town impotence into I am going to kill a bunch of people because I want this woman to be stuck with me against her will without even making romantic moves on her. I just didn't. But but here, I didn't understand his character. I felt like he was the he was an idea of a threat to woman, but he was not actually but, but see, anything realistic. But
0: but here's here's the thing: is we're we're already in a world that is unrealistic, right? So the story we're okay. So as I as I mentioned before, what I what I expected from this film is that. Anne Hathaway was a self-destructive person who is manifesting those self-destructive tendencies as a literal destructive beast walking through a city and destroying Mm it. And so it's already fantastical, right? It's It's already meant to be a metaphor. But what we're getting here is once again in metaphor. Yes, he is literally the most evil person in the world. But this is clearly like this. Like. From the opening scene, where we 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 see Anne Hathaway as, as just like a you know as <laughs> Carson was saying like a despicable person, right? But like she's clearly in two abusive relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like both the first guy, uh, Dan Stevens or whatever his name is, right? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Be our uh, guest. The, the Beast. Yeah. What who, a beast. Who, who, who is literally the Beast. Um, like he, she's clearly in an abusive relationship that is, that is more than likely causing her to be self-destructive, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, you get, we get pieces of their, like, cause the, you know, the opening scene, which is in the trailer where we see him say like, oh, you know, you're out of control. I've packed your things, get out. Like we're supposed to be on his side. Like the joke is that she's so bad that he just kicked her out. But we start to learn that like he's probably not the best guy you know like she's she's clearly already been in an abusive relationship and she tries to flee that and puts herself in a situation with an even worse guy
1: and right, like the nice guy abuser yeah yeah but <laughs> well, he, he
0: she she flees to him because she thinks he's a nice guy but like he's literally a monster like even worse than Dan Stevens character was and there was something about like when when i like when that turn hits and I'm like, whoa, the monsters are, like, it, this isn't just about inward destruction being manifested outward. This is about these destructive forces that are coming down. Like, something about that was too heavy for me to, like, uh, feel comfortable with given the, the jokiness of the film. Because, like, it's, I don't know, it just felt too real. And it felt almost irresponsible to joke about it in this manner. And it was like there was just a flip that was switched. And maybe it's like me being an old man or like me caring too much about a character. But it just it it disturbed me in a way that like I like like I said, like the gift. Right. It's it's he's no worse than that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the weird this weird obsessive guy who's who's doing these horrible things. But in this story, it was making light of it too much. And it was playing things for a joke that were deadly serious. And, like, I, you know, not to be all social justice warrior or whatever, but, like, I feel like this movie would trigger people.
1: Like, Well, I feel like the the jokiness is meant to disarm you toward the real plot of the movie, though I'm... I'm just surprised, and maybe it's because it was ruined for me a little bit. Like, I'd already heard breadcrumbs of Jason Sudeikis being a shitty character okay. in in the movie. Like, someone alluded to the fact that his character was not a good guy. Yeah. Um, and so from the very beginning, I was already looking for that, which meant when that hit, I continued to feel the the quirky tone. Like, I saw it as exaggerating the flaws of characters. Yeah. And maybe part of it, too, is that, I mean, you you mentioned the metaphor of her as a monster and her fuck ups as being manifest as, you know, destroying a city or doing terrible things. That is definitely what I went into the movie expecting. But I don't feel like the movie plays that up at all because the actual mechanics for what causes the monster to happen have nothing to do with whether she's fucking up, except for what time of day she happens to be walking home. I yeah, guess. But, but I think that
0: I think because the metaphor separates in that manner. Something about that makes it a more powerful metaphor because when it's like no, it's it's like literally, that's just the like the weirdness. It's like of, the "it's of, not
1: your fault" moment, I guess.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't know. It, it just it it feels like like once I don't know something about her being trapped in this situation with this guy who is keeping her there against her will. Like I, I don't it, it it was like it was it was it was like dealing with like the room room scenario. But, like, in this joking thing, like, isn't this all funny? Like, isn't this, like, a totally hilarious situation? And it just, it it, it wasn't hilarious to me, and it just was very unsettling.
2: Well, I think that's where, you know, what I was saying about the, the tonal differences come into play, because I think that they are, like Steven said, I think he is trying to disarm these, like, really heavy themes and topics like with a sense of humor i i mean i didn't find it i didn't think it was i didn't think the stuff with jason his character it didn't disturb me or anything and that's not like saying well i mean i am desensitized but uh but uh <laughs> I, I mean i i'm just saying it wasn't like like i i feel like you know you, you mentioned the gift Like I, I really dug that movie and I think that is a disturbing movie, Mm uh, like a really well done thriller, um, about a character like that. And, um, and I think that obviously takes like a traditional thriller mold where, you know, from the start that Joel Edgerton's character or or that Jason Bateman's character was, uh, you know, a, a dick, you know, he's a, he's this perpetual jerk and he was to Joel Edgerton's character. Um like, you know that going in, like, it's kind of a twist here that we see Jason, you know, Jason Sudeikis starts off as the Jason Sudeikis character that we all know and love, you know, that he's the the fun, lovable comedy guy, and then he turns into this monster, you know, uh, and, and, and I think, I understand why he went that way, because it obviously is a, a send-up, you know, because it is, like, something different, you know, you're not, starting it off with going, like, you know, where you're immediately, like, Jason Dacus' character is this is this total, like, just horrible person. Um, you know, I think that's meant to be, like, a reveal and, and, like, a, you know, like, a slow change. But I think the movie just, unfortunately, doesn't quite, like, everything doesn't quite just snap together. At least I didn't, you know, I didn't think so. Um, weirdly, it has a lot of the same... Things that I praised in Free Fire, which is a lot of like the stopping and starting type of things where it goes for a while, um, and you're and I'm like kind of enjoying it. You're like, oh, this, this, this is cool, and then it goes for a while, and you're like, eh. and then it comes back around, you're like, okay, and then it goes back, you know, like there's a there was a lot of that for me where I was kind of going back and forth, but by the end of the like basically the third act, once the reveal happens that Jay Sedakis is this crazy person, um that's when I kind of just started tuning out because it kind of became boring. I don't, Mm -hmm. to me it was. Um, And I I don't know if that's because, like, Anne Hathaway is, you know, presented as, like, I'm trying to become a better person. Like, I think maybe if, like, they had just gone full mean, like, totally dark, just totally mean, everyone sucks, like, maybe that would have been a little, like, the humor would have worked a little more? I don't know, but... Um, I do think that trying to insert a little bit of, um uh, the lightness brought it down. Like I think, uh, you know, like I said, I'd rather see like the full on just fuck you version like, uh, like young adult was, but you know, I don't know. So I don't know if that, I don't know if that like played into why it kind of felt uneven to me, um, that it just wasn't like, it didn't really fully embrace like it's, real darkness and 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 meanness you know like i think it went nowhere near embracing it which is why
1: i'm kind of surprised at the reaction chris had to it like if anything for me i mean you're talking about this as a very dark twist and i agree it has more explicit shades of abuse than most but i feel like a ton of romantic comedy is have this revelation that the guy who you think is a nice guy is actually more manipulative and evil than anyone else because he's the one who is like possessive and self-congratulatory and sees himself as the hero and wants to insert himself in your life and i didn't i think because she stands up to him right away when he starts behaving this way and just knowing the I don't know the metaphors of the film. It I never felt like it was hopeless. I guess I I felt like it was more her discovering, it in a weird way. This is God damn it! I'm just gonna spoil another movie. A uh, uh, girl on the train is very no, similar to this. No, that's it, it's exactly <laughs> how I, I've been. Want, like,
0: I think Anne Hathaway is a better Emily Blunt. Like, yeah. or Anne Hathaway's oh. character is a better version of Emily Blunt's character in that film. Mm.
2: I yeah. I def I definitely agree with that. I completely forgot about Girl on the Train. I mean, because well wasn't a everybody movie. Did. <laughs> everyone did everyone's <Emily laughs> yeah. yeah. character did too yeah um, but but yeah i mean it it,
1: it is like that it's right? the idea <laughs> also, of <laughs> finding out finding out that you're you you having problems is not the source of all of your life's problems like other yeah. people are also the source and in that degree like on paper i feel like this could be a very powerful movie because that that metaphor of the monster, and she thinks the monster is the fault of her fucking up all the time when really the monster is incidental to it, and what she's actually going to do is harness the monster to take control of her life again, and that that ending where she goes to Korea and confronts him like that should be a powerful moment in that in that sense of like her confronting this childhood tormentor and like taking control of her life again, but tonally it just f- it fumbles that a bit. Like even that felt goofy to me. It, it felt like a yeah. She she's probably killing him in that moment, right? Like f- for all intents and purposes, <laughs> oh, no doubt she's dead. No he's dead. He's bad. dead after that. <laughs> she chucks a robot like forty miles away, and Dude, this it, movie does not want to. It doesn't want to veer completely away from the weight of that because it wants to show her being not happy afterwards. But it's it like, also doesn't want to steer into the weight of that. It, it just kind of sits in this in-between where I, I couldn't feel disturbed by it because the movie didn't feel disturbed by it. The movie just felt like it was telling a story it wanted to tell with two different archetypes. And mm-hmm. by the end, we were going to hate both of the archetypes.
2: And, yeah, but I- it, and there's that, that, that sort of goofiness. Um, like I almost – I half expected when she has Jason Sudeikis – in the, when the kaiju has him in his hand, like, I, like, I legitimately thought that, that he, that the kaiju was just going to eat him. Oh, yeah, like, that's what I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or I just wanted that to happen, I don't know, but, uh. I, I love
0: that the idea of, like, eating him would be too bad on her part, so instead she just chucks him, which yeah, like, <laughs> is just totally going to kill him anyway. Yeah,
2: like, you'd think he would, like, just totally, I don't know, like, just completely, like murder him. But, but you know, it's funny, though. I just thought that um, Girl on the Train also features another Beauty and the Beast cast member in an abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's
0: the thing, too, is what, what, what's weird is continuing to make these comparisons to Girl on the Train, that... When we reviewed that film, one of the things that I didn't like about the film is because, like, this is so dumb. Like, every male in the film is the worst male that's ever existed on the planet. Like, all the characters are just written shitty. And for some reason, Jason Sudeikis' character, I just took as written and, like, was like, no, this is horror. Like, I-, I totally bought it as as being real in the context of Anne Hathaway's character's story. And, you know, maybe part of it, too, is... Um, is our experience watching it at the fat house. Like before the movie started, there was just these little series of vignettes with Nacho Vigalando, like talking about his influences for the film, naming different movies. And he's just sort of like a, a a funny, happy, (laughs) lucky guy. And something about seeing him beforehand and then seeing the film that he wrote and directed, like those don't jive for me. Like I, I, I like, I don't know, like I something about the guy I saw beforehand doing this content the way he did just seemed weird. And yes, by the end of the film, they sort of just like backtrack on everything and go like we're going to end the way you should in a movie like this and have a big standoff. And and it'll be funny ish in a way. And and they they do that. And that's fine. And it kind of like reels back from that. But I just feel I don't don't know. Maybe it was when when Jason Sudeikis finally throws her on the ground Um, and like, I don't know, just something about it didn't sit right with me and it could just be expectations versus reality. Um, but it just, it felt, it felt like it was handled not in a, not in a subtle way in just like a sledgehammer giant kaiju stepping on a city way. It is definitely not subtle. yeah, Yeah. And it just, it, it, it bothered me in a way that I haven't really been bothered in any movie really. So
1: I think what I don't like about the twist is, and maybe you guys didn't feel this, like I had a plant in my, I had a seed already of him being kind of shitty, but very early in the movie, like she's hanging out at the bar with him and his friend hits on her and he shouts at him in a way that is like not a normal cool guy way to react to like two drunken people almost kissing. and. To me, he didn't need to go much further than that. Like, you could just show shades of that to show him being pathetic and show him kind of holding this over her head without making her be this guy who's actually punching her and fighting her. Yeah. And the, when when the punches get thrown, then it's just... For me, it didn't work because I didn't think the film was that serious. But it, it definitely didn't disturb me. I was just wondering why the film went so over the top. Yeah.
0: I think even in that, in that moment where he yells at him... I was reading it as learning more about that guy. Like maybe he always, is always hitting on girls and he was just like dog paper whacking him on the head type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like bad, bad little dude. Stop hitting on on people. Um, but I guess at that point I was too like I'm so used to Jason like is playing a certain role <laughs> and I was still hadn't caught on to it yet maybe? I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: It is um, great that I just thinking now that the that the three three main leads of horrible bosses have all been in movies or projects recently where they've been horrible to women. Obviously, Jason Bateman in The Gift, Jason Sudeikis in this, and sorry, spoilers, for the last season of it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but Charlie finally got with the waitress and then totally, totally fucked her over. and was like, this bitch is clingy, man. Like he's in his typical Charlie day way. But, uh, yeah. Also, uh, I don't know where it's was going with that. Horrible but, you man. know, <laughs> but, uh, all these, uh, I think it just goes to show that like, once again, like that, I mean, I I liked seeing, like I said, I like seeing Jason Sudeikis play this part uh, because, you know, like I said, it was very like an atypical role for him. Um, you know, I just wish it didn't, you know, it just didn't come together as well as I I guess it, you know, for me, it didn't come as together, together as well as I thought it could.
1: Yeah, I, I think he does fine. I also don't, I didn't see it as that atypical, I guess. I would... Not to like mildly spoil Tumbledown, but like in general his characters have started taking a role where they think they know more than they know and there's like a kind of dominant mm. assholeness at play there. Yeah. And here it becomes literal, but I've to to me it feels consistent with his persona as being like so disarmingly charming that there's something lurking underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't th- expecting him to actually punch a woman though. That was a that was <laughs> still a surprise for me. Yeah. That was
2: yeah. I'm trying I know there's gotta be another movie out there that deals with these kind of themes also in like a very with very dark humor and I can't think of it, but um probably something European or some shit. But um Uh I, I did like um uh oh shit, now I totally lost my thought. <laughs> oh no. Um oh, oh, I don't know if you guys watched um uh, the uh the new Joe Swanberg movie Win It All, which is on Netflix now. Uh but uh th- that movie uh is uh I highly recommend uh you guys see it because it was really awesome. But that is also another movie that could have gone completely wrong if it weren't for the fact that Jake Johnson was in the lead and was is completely selling you on this performance. Like it's just full of life and scream presence and he's not a great character like he's he's a very unlikable character but he he just totally wins you over and you end up rooting for this guy where you shouldn't be and i mean this is a completely different thing and it's not dealing with like like the heavy issues of of you know re- abusive relationships and alcoholism and stuff but there is you know uh you know the 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 theme of addiction you know and I think that, uh, which is which is present in Colossal, and I think that, you know, there is a lot of dark stuff in, in Win It All, and, like, it really just comes together because Jake Johnson just sells the shit out of it. And, unfortunately, I think that, that fake wig and Anne Hathaway just not being a completely, like, you know she she starts to turn into more of a likable character at the end and I think if we it just really had stuck through um like Charlie's Theron did in young adult, uh I think it would have just to me that I would have liked to have seen that that would have been better, but anyway. The the point is go watch Win It All because it's a really great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Carson's not usually on the Swanberg train either, so this is a pleasant yeah, surprise. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked uh, Drinking Buddies also mm-hmm. with Jason also with Jason Sudeikis, um, and I liked Happy Christmas, but and I did not like Digging for Fire. I think I've gone. Who was Jason Sudeikis in Drinking Buddies? He was like one of the the friends. Okay. He, he didn't have like Olivia
1: a, Wilde and Jack, uh, Jake Johnson are the main. People, yeah, he right?
2: wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't one of the main. Uh, yeah, he did, he just works at the beer place. Yeah, or? he just works at yeah. the at the beer place. Yeah. The brewery. The brewery. Yes. Brewery. 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 But yeah I, thought, uh, yeah, I thought. Yeah, uh, I thought when it all really uh, uh, came came back and like captured what I liked about Drinking Buddies, which was like that really great chemistry between all the actors and stuff
0: anywho i'll check it out yeah but yeah uh any other thoughts you guys want to talk about in uh the spoiler segment also okay uh, well let's let's talk about this for a second right so let's just say just pretend like you are People living in Korea, right? Yeah, I'm people living in Korea. Yeah, you're people. I think they call them Koreans. Whoa, watch (laughs) yourself. Oh, whoa, triggered. Um, But uh, the kaiju appears in the same location all the time. Why are there people being evacuated every time it appears? Like, you think that would be, like, like, a zone where everybody is permanently removed from until they decide that the kaiju is not going to return itself.
1: Well, I think the, the size of the playground and the scale of the monster means where it is walking is basically the whole of downtown Seoul or something. Like, it is not that small. And I don't think the movie does a great job with scale. Like, yeah. I don't think it works out that way. But I think that is the, the intention of the film. And they try to pay lip service to like the fact that they try to evacuate everyone, but it's like too big a humanitarian crisis and they can't can't just evacuate like, you know, five million people or however many people live there.
0: But I just mean like if if a giant kaiju walked down Market Street in San Francisco Mm -hmm. and then the following morning reappeared and walked down Market Street again...
1: You know, I'd probably drive a school bus across Golden yeah, across Gate Bridge Golden. and just park it there for a while. That's how, <laughs> I, that's what I would yeah. do.
0: I'm just saying that like there becomes a point, you know, you know, reappear once Shame, shame on, on me. me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> reappear twice, don't shoot the shooter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> reappear twice, shame on Kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just I just mean like you just I just don't go anywhere near Market Street, right?
1: Yeah. I just don't think it's actually restricted to a couple blocks. I think, like, the scale of the playground is supposed to be bigger than that.
2: Yeah, yeah sure. the, that's what I got from it, too. But, yeah, I don't think they completely telegraphed it. Um, I, 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 I didn't have a problem with it. But, yeah, like, I, I agree with Steven. Like, I think that's what the gist was, was that it, like, the the playground was, like, this, it was essentially, like, a, a Google map or something, and it really was bigger than it seemed, you know? Mm-hmm. I,
0: I will say, too, one of my favorite parts of the movie is, is when they go to that little, like, uh, place and have the guy translate the sentence into Korean so they can draw in the ground, I'm sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. mean to appear, oh, I mean yeah. you no harm. And then, like, not, I, I love that already. Like, I was like, genius, right? Like, she knows she can control it. She wants them to know that everything's okay. But then, like, the conversation everybody has around the table later on where they're like, so... You like don't think the guy's gonna get suspicious when right after you translate the sentence the kaiju drew it into the ground. I don't know something about like that yeah. was like one of those things where like you sort of are thinking of that in the back of your head, but then but, a but, but on that it? level
1: too, in the reality of this movie, one reason the weight of Jason Sudeikis's abuse didn't register with me is I would think if you're in that situation, I get that it's hard to convince the police that he is controlling the robot, but you can literally just like film him like have a camera proving that he is controlling this creature and then have someone else keep him from being in the sandbox like you don't need to work at his bar because he's going to step in a sandbox and murder people like you could it'd be pretty easy to like prove it to someone else that this is happening but and also screw the other guys in this movie who are like just too weak to fight jason sudeikis and leave it for her to fight him i mean the one one
2: guy clearly has
0: a problem (laughs) and he's also been enabled by jason sudeikis this whole time the yeah. weird like other guy who gets with Anne Hathaway, like mm-hmm. he's the yep. one who doesn't have an excuse. No,
2: that guy um, that guy was a total fuck boy. He sucked. Yeah. yeah. I mean not
0: a total, it happened once.
2: <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> not literally, but yes. Um Yeah. Cool. Well, uh we're <laughs> we really gonna end on fuck boy. <laughs> well, okay, well here's here's a real kicker, which I uh uh, wrote down so I don't remember or so I don't forget is that um, the reason Anne Hathaway is in Colossal is because she told her agents she wanted to be in more like weird offbeat you know look be on the lookout for like weird offbeat movies because she had watched A Field in England directed by Mr. Ben Wheatley so there you go thank you very much and it all comes together Yes. I'm satisfied
1: ending on that. <laughs> Kicker? Sure, I'm Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: Ooh, that's right. not funny, guys. Not funny.
0: Uh, well, Mr. Jason Sudeikis, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they
1: find you? They can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Garson Patrick, where can they find you? I don't have anything
2: good to say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's fine. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna pass to you every single episode. So. I know, I know, yeah. W- one of these days, I will beat you down enough that you will create <laughs> <laughs> some sort of internet uh, portal to to keep yourself so people can find you. Um, but yeah, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com dot com or Twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at sporethewarning dot com where you can get the back episodes of the show, many of them at least. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler or like us at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the or you can use the contact form on our site. The music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Colossal. So hopefully you're enjoying that. There you go. We had two episodes this week. Now we're going to go take off, rest up, and uh we will see you next week thank you guys for joining me
2: you're welcome you're welcome
0: and thank you everyone for listening see you next time